to apply God's word to your life. So if you are stumped, if you have a question, you can simply raise your hand during the service and ask it. It is not a faux pas to, uh, to raise your hand and ask for clarity. Can't guarantee that I'll always have the answer, but uh, we'll definitely be willing to search for the answer if I don't have it readily available. I'm Leon Stevenson, one of the pastors here with MacAv. Um, Michael, would you do me a favor and pass out Bibles? Uh, we're going to get into the Bible today, so if you need a Bible, please raise your hand and uh, the brother will bring you one. We are going to the book of Galatians. We've been studying in this book for, wow, a couple months now, and it's been awesome to see how God's Word is, is impacting our lives. I've been hearing some great stuff going on during the Mac groups, and I uh, um, hope that this message contributes to that. The book of Galatians is, uh, is after Romans, then after First and Second Corinthians, then you have the book of Galatians. So we're going to chapter 5 today. If you would please turn there with me. And we will have it on the overhead, but you want to keep it, keep it uh, for yourself because we'll be flipping back and forth. Will you guys pray with me? Lord, I just ask that you would allow your word to go forth. Less of me, all of you. And God, may we be able to understand how to live for you in a way that brings you glory. May today's teaching add to that. It's in your name we pray, Jesus. Amen. So we open with the first, oh, I'm sorry, E E gave me a little clicker to be able to control the the slides. I've never used it before. Okay, there we go. So we open with the first verse, Galatians 5.1. Is everyone there? Chapter 5. It reads, it is for freedom that Christ has set you free. Stand firm then, and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. If you can pause for a second and go back a few hundred years to slavery, to a time where you saw people of African descent being controlled, being used for labor. Could someone, and this is not a rhetorical question, could someone tell me what do you think motivated the behavior, motivated the actions, motivated the way of life for the slaves? Yeah, you can raise your hand. You can actually answer it. Hey, sister, what's your name? Alicia, what do you think motivated the behavior of the slaves? Fear. Fear. Punishment. Consequences. That that drove the motivation of the slaves. That context is what he's using here. He's saying, okay, there's a mentality that's present. It's one of a slave who operates out of fear, who operates when you think of the law, you think of the, the repercussions of the law. If I do this, then this consequence is going to happen. And he's saying, wait a minute, wait a minute, that's, that's the wrong mentality to have. True, you were a slave to sin at one point, okay? But there's a new mentality you're supposed to have, a mentality of freedom. Now, now the, the, the freedom that, that he's speaking of here is, 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 is all-encompassing. See, the, the, the issue we're going to talk about today focuses on what does it mean to be justified. What does it mean to be justified? What is justification? Justification is, is what happens when Jesus comes to you and he says, I'm going to allow you to realize that I am everything. I'm going to let you see that 
in and of yourself, you are a sinful person and you're in need of a holy God. I'm going to let you see that. But not only will I let you see it, I'm going to forgive you for your past sins. I'm going to allow the things that you did that were so negative, so nasty, stuff that no one else knew but you and I, I'm going to forgive you for all that. That happens through faith. That happens through your faith in me. If you believe in me, I will forgive, I will wipe the slate clean. But you see, that's where the law stops. See, the law could, could, you could bring forth calves, you could do a number of things to try to have the, 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 the slate cleaned, if you will. But what type of legal system can forgive you for what you haven't done yet? What type, what type of, what type of you know, courtroom can you set up so that you can foresee what a person will do and forgive them in advance? And that, that's, where, that's where Paul is saying, wait a minute, God is not simply a, a God who's a judge. He's also a God who's a father. So in being a father, he now places you as his son and as his daughters into a new mentality. You're in a mentality of freedom. So in this freedom now, I extend you my grace as well as my forgiveness. So see, forgiveness is, is, is in, in this environment of grace where now I'm not simply just covered for the wrong I've done in the past. I'm also covered for the sins that I haven't even committed yet. That, and, and he's trying to get them to see different mentality. You're not a slave like that anymore. You're, you're new. Walk with this new mentality. I need you to see this. But, but can, can you imagine if like, if the law was able to, to, to try to mimic God? I mean, you have homies that, that got caught robbing somebody like, well, Judge, since you forgave me, I looked at my planner. I'm going to rob Burger King on Tuesday. I'm going to cut somebody doing a card fight, and I'm going to steal a couple Twinkies. Go ahead, forget them too. You know what I mean? Like, like we, we, would, we would plan in advance everything we're going to do and, and reserve that. But, but, but the law can't foresee the sins that we're going to commit. He's just continuing to poke holes in their understanding of why the law doesn't measure up. It can't do it. But grace, grace, the grace that you and I get to, get to experience covers all. So, so different mentality. Forgiveness is in an environment of grace. We've been adopted into a new family, and the law fails to accomplish what Christ offers. Now, he says, stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. The, the, can, can someone help me understand why do we have the Supreme Court justices? Why do we have their roles? And you can answer this one, too. I know I'm, I'm, I'm asking y'all to actually be involved in the process. Y'all like, what are you doing? Can I talk? Y'all, sister, what's your name? Keely. Keely. Um, the Supreme Court serves as an example to check uh, so that the law can be interpreted in different ways. Amen. Amen. There's some founding principles. She said that... The Supreme Court serves so that the, so as a balance and a check so that the law can be interpreted. There, there was this group called the Qumran, and they were like this, 
this community that would look at the law and interpret the laws for the people. So they, they saw themselves as being the chosen sect of the Jewish faith that was to interpret the law, but also they would see some of their interpretations as being almost as important as Scripture. So they, they are constantly creating laws and creating ways to follow the law. You know, and I, I saw this in my, in my own life. Like, this, imagine this scenario with me, right? I'm sitting at home, talking with my daughter. She gets up, she stands on a chair. I say, sweetheart, we don't, we don't stand in chairs at home. She says, okay, daddy, I won't do it. Okay, if you do that again, you know, there's a consequence. Okay, so she, she's with it. No, we don't stand in chairs at home. So then a light bulb goes out in my kitchen. I go grab the chair, get on the chair, grab the light bulb. What does my daughter come and say? We don't stand on chairs, daddy. You know, so now what do I have to do? I have to make an exception. She is smart. That's true. <laughs> but now, now I have to go and I have to make an exception to the rule. Can you imagine trying to make rules and exceptions for all of life? That is an insurmountable weight to put upon any person, any group of people. And he's saying, look, you, th- this is a burden that you can't, you, you can't, your shoulders aren't strong enough to carry this. What are you going to do? Try to live out the law your entire life and plan for the unforeseeable? You cannot do this. Wake, wake up. So the, the burden of the law was just too great for them. And, that, and, that, and, and you, you, you fuse that in with slavery, and he's like, I want you guys to see this is, this is the, the context by which the rest of the sermon is going to flow in. Because he's saying, hey, slaves, not to that sin stuff anymore. We're, we're, we're new people. Take on a new mentality. And even if you wanted to go back to the old shackles, you couldn't handle the weight that they were putting upon your shoulders. Okay? So that, that's, that's the overarching theme. Now we're going to look at an actual example. I mean, you can take any law. You can take fasting. You can take dietary. You can take a number of laws. Today we're going to look at circumcision and use that and flesh it out so that you can see how it actually, how it actually was lived out and how he's challenging them to, to reorient their grid so that they no longer see themselves as being people who need to be law-focused but faith-focused. We're going to verses 2 through 6. Mark my words. I, Paul, tell you that if you let yourselves be circumcised, Christ will be of no value to you at all. Again, I declare to every man who lets himself be circumcised that he is obligated to obey the whole law. You who are trying to be justified by the law have been alienated from Christ. You've fallen away from grace. Excuse me. For through the Spirit we eagerly await by faith the righteousness for which we hope. For in Christ Jesus neither circumcision nor uncircumcision has any value. The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself in love. So so there's some major issues that we're going to deal with here. And the major issues that we're looking at are people trying to earn God's favor. Remember we talked about justification God clearing all of the sin that you've committed and then also caring for the sins you haven't even committed yet. Now saying you operate in a place of grace and I love you like that. 
So trying to earn God's favor is one of the things we're going to look at through these verses. But also, there's some hidden, hidden motives involving self-worth here. And, and, and I want to bring up a theme that we see constantly within the scriptures that, that Paul is trying to bring to light of the Jews. And, and that theme is, y'all ain't all that. I should have y'all repeat it to see if y'all are listening. Y'all ain't all that. <laughs> you see, the, the Jews, the Jews are, are this group, and they're saying, okay, we have a lock on what it means to know how to be saved and be connected to God, right? We, we have a history here. We have uh, a relationship with God that's unique from anyone else. Oh, and you Gentiles, y'all want to be down. You guys want to be down with what it means to follow the, the most high God? Cool. You know what we're going to do? We're going to give you guys a rite of passage, an initiation, if you will. And the initiation becomes circumcision. You see, you see that, 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 that tool begins to be one of the things that becomes a qualifier for what it looks like to have faith. Oh, you just want to believe and have faith? That's cool as long as you get circumcised. Qualifier. But, but I'd be willing to say that qualifiers is not something that's unique simply to just the Jews and how they dealt with Gentiles. Because we, we I, so when I first became a Christian, I like was so far in the world and like partying and kicking it and, and, and like throwing parties that I realized, okay, man, my lifestyle was totally crazy. So what did I do? I swung the other way and I told all my friends, if y'all go to the club, y'all are going to hell. Because in my mind, the qualifier for faith meant that you did not go to the club. Crazy. <laughs> it, was, it was foolish. It was stupid. But what, what qualifier have, 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 have you drummed up in your mind? Is, is it that a person has to serve a certain amount of times? You know, if, if you give away enough of your money, then you're a good Christian. Is it how much of the Bible a person can memorize? Because at, at some point, it's really not about the other individual. It's about them measuring up to our mark, which is the same, the same instance that's happening here with the Jews. The Jews are saying circumcision allows you guys to kind of step up and come up to our level. And Paul's saying, wait, wait a minute here. Seriously? But what, what does that also communicate about the Gentiles who want to do it? who want to be down, who were walking, focused, listening to, the, to the, the teachings of Christ, and who are now going astray, saying, you know what? I do want to be down with y'all. Y'all are pretty tight. If that's a qualifier for, God bless you, if that's a qualifier for me being saved, then I'll do it. See, you see the self-worth piece where one group is arrogant and thinks higher than, of themselves than they ought to, and another group thinks lower of themselves, thinking that they, they need something else to be able to be in good standing with God. And, and Romans, could someone flip to Romans 3, verse 9 for me? Because Romans, Paul is still speaking to the same issue of, 
of the inequality. And he, and he says, I wish I had it memorized, but he says, Chanel, can you read that out loud for me? Hold up. Sin levels the playing field. The need for a holy savior levels the playing field. So he's trying to help us see it's not, no qualifier does it. Faith. Faith is what does it. So I asked a question. I mean, they, they, they're showing real faith as being equal to circumcision. Believing alone just, just, just isn't enough. I, I want to challenge you to think through if you have a qualifier, if, if you think it's more than faith. And I know, I know that there's the faith without works is dead, but usually like we, we then go on to say, and those works look like dot, dot, dot. The cross plus nothing equals everything. The cross plus nothing equals everything. You who are trying to be justified by the law have been alienated from Christ. You have fallen away from grace. For through the Spirit we eagerly await by faith the righteousness for which we hope. You see, they're, they're trying to... They're trying to purchase something that God wants to give freely if they would only have faith in him. Have you, have you ever, like, like, I mean, we're talking about, you know, the moms, we're talking about the, the coffee family having, having a child, right? And people coming around, giving them meals. I mean, could you imagine being in your home, creating this meal, praying for the family, and then you show up and she's like, wait, let me get my checkbook. Because I, I know you tried to bless me with a meal, but, but, but let me give you $20 on that. Like, what? This is a gift. This is, this is free. This, this is an expression of, of my love and care for you. Why are you trying to pay for it? And to be honest, can, can the foreskin, can, can a circumcision pay for salvation? Is it, is it adding up? Like he's just poking holes in their understanding. Like, come on, guys. Really? For through the Spirit, we eagerly await by faith the righteousness for which we hope. He's, he's moving past just simply, simply coming to know Christ. He's also saying there's an eternal hope that we have. And you guys, through circumcision, only focus on getting saved. They're, they're missing the big picture. For in Christ Jesus neither circumcision, excuse me, for in Christ neither circumcision nor uncircumcision has any value. The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. I want you guys to 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 gain some understanding in circumcision because we're not we're not simply talk he's not simply saying, Hey guys, like if you want to be saved, like take off your jean jacket and put on a blazer. You know, or like, you know, like 
just don't eat McDonald's fries anymore. It's not like something that's like, you know, carefree and you could really, the value of it doesn't mean much. I, I, chapter 17 in Genesis gives you a clear picture of the value of circumcision. For, this, for the sake of our time, I've, I've selected a few verses to give us insight. It says, uh, so these are jumped around, they're not in order, but it gives you a picture of the value of circumcision. When Abraham was 90 years old, the Lord appeared to him and said, I am God Almighty, walk before me faithfully and be blameless. As for me, this is my covenant with you, you will be the father of many nations. I will make you fruitful, I will make nations of you, and kings will come from you. I will establish my covenant as an everlasting covenant between me and you and your descendants after you for the generations to come, to be your God and the God of your descendants after you. Then God said to Abraham, as for you, you must keep my covenant and you and your descendants after you for the generations to come. So you you see why this is important, okay? The, The Jews are not just tripping here by saying circumcision is very important. We're talking about ages upon ages of family members that have gone before you who've been circumcised and used that to point towards God to some degree. But, but, But this is where it begins to get, we get off track. Because was, what is the sign of the covenant? From verse 11, uh, yeah, from verse 11 in chapter 17. What was the sign of the covenant? Somebody? Circumcision. So circumcision was the sign, right? That was, that was, that was a, a, a symbol. That was something that represented the covenant. It didn't start the covenant. Was, wasn't the thing that, that moved God to respond. He didn't say, if you circumcise yourself, I will be your God and you will be my people. What, what, what did God ask of Abram? Walk before me faithfully and be blameless. It's always been faith. It's always been faith. The reason why God entered into this covenant was because of a a heartfelt belief in who he was. God didn't create us as robots where he was going to force us to obey and force us to, to, to love him. This has been a, a, a love-based relationship from day one where he says, will you faithfully believe? So you see the... the, the, the but, but why, the reason why this is so tough for them to really swallow is because there's, circumcision is, is really getting to the core of who they are as people. See, their identity as Jews is wrapped up in being circumcised. So now, circumcision I could flaunt because it made me one of the higher beings in society. Gentiles were viewed as as nasty, as disgusting, as sinners. So through circumcision, I had a right to be connected to God. And you're telling me that, like, I'm just supposed to throw that right away? You're telling me that, like, that, 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 doesn't, that doesn't trump 
the Gentiles anymore? You're telling me that my very identity in being a man of God, somebody else doesn't have to do that? Exactly. That's exactly what he's saying. And that's exactly the same cause that he has for each and every one of us. See, this isn't, this isn't a new challenge. This is the gospel. What identity do you have that hinders you being able to be a faithful child of God? That's it. The identity of being a, a dad, the identity of being a good student, of being a, a, a son or a daughter where you can't speak what God puts on your heart because you fear the, the, the thoughts of your parents? Our identity, is it found in Christ or is it found in circumcision? Is it found in Christ or is it found in service? Is it found in Christ or is it found in schoolwork? Is it, you can run. Where's our identity? A large part of theirs was wrapped up in, 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 in circumcision. So the question, that, the question that Paul is bringing for them, he's saying, hey, I don't care whether you circumcise or not. It doesn't matter. You can circumcise. Just don't say that it's a qualifier for faith. You want to use it as a ritual to point towards God? Go for it. And if you don't, great. Because you, who are you trying to please? I think, wait, let me go. Oh, man. It, 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 it says that he's, you're not doing this for Christ. <laughs> you're not, wait, let me go to, it says of no value. Verse 2. Come on, clicker. Mark my words. I, Paul, tell you that if you let yourselves be circumcised, Christ will be of no value to you at all. Because the, the, the purpose by which you're doing it is not to bring God glory. It's to allow it to be a qualifier. It's to allow it to, to give you new identity. When was faith not enough? Is faith enough? Is it enough for you? Is it enough for me? Can we, can we preach that? Can we share that with friends and family and be scared when a person lives totally different than we do, looks totally different than we do, but we celebrate them because we know that we, because they're faithful. You were running a good race. Who cut in on you to keep you from obeying the truth? That kind of persuasion does not come from the one who calls you. A little yeast works through the whole batch of dough, I am confident in the Lord that you will take no other view. The one who is throwing you into confusion, whoever that may be, will have to pay the penalty. Brothers and sisters, if I am still preaching circumcision, why am I still being persecuted? In that case, the offense of the cross has been abolished. As for those agitators, I wish they would go the whole way and emasculate themselves. Yeah, he's serious, ain't he? But... Did I see a hand? Oh, okay. Um, so, so he gives you this picture of running, running a race. 
and 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 as you run a race like there's a there's an end goal in mind so someone's cut in on them but 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 there's a there's a phrase that's used in cut in that almost means like you were running the race and then when they cut in you like jumped on a different track and just started running in circles you know like you're it's not like you just slowed down and you're still moving and being obedient no you you're like on a whole different path now why because you're you're adding to the effect of the cross you're adding circumcision to the power of what the cross does and when we do that we make a mockery of all that Christ has done for us you see the 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 cross is a stumbling block it's a stumbling block to the Jews because the, because the in Deuteronomy like it it just shows and even earlier in Galatians it shows that the Jews thought that anyone who died on a tree were cursed by God that the that the tree that the wood that it represented God's punishment upon you but but Jesus died there to take the punishment for all of us so the very thing that that they used as something that was a curse they didn't get that he was embracing the fullness of the curse for all of humanity. So it's a, it's a stumbling block to them. But, but, but that, that's just one stumbling block. You also have the, the piece about yeast. And yeast is considered something evil. It's considered something that's corrupt. It's like, like if, if, if I was making a big old pot of gumbo and I put in some peas, you know, a little bit of corn, and I take a little bit of cyanide and put a little cyanide in there, you know what I'm saying, and I, and I just come bring you a little bowl of it, how, how, would, how, how would you, would, would you be ready to grub? I, I mean, I doubt it. I hope not. I know I got some med students in here, and y'all, don't, don't quote me, because they're probably like, well, Leon, it depends on the measurement of the cyanide. and. <laughs> You know, but 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 the point I'm trying to get to is that like it it doesn't take much to tarnish the entire entity. And what they're saying here is, yeah, circumcision might not be a lot, but the impact that it has is devastating when you add it to the cross. It's devastating. In 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 the same reference of if I mean, so this is why he gets so angry, because he's looking at these people who started off committed, started off in a healthy manner of following the teachings of Christ and not are going astray from something this small, this this that was might seem insignificant. But it's not. It has it has great, large, it has severe implications. And 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 that the just a component of, of these agitators. I mean, he just wants them to be cut off from the communal body. And, and to, to anyone that's uh, a Jew, being cut off from the communal body is the worst thing you could ever have happen. That means you're no longer in the presence of God. You're no longer in the presence of the people. And in a sense, like you, you're just you're on your own. But that's, that's the dynamic you, you create when we add to the gospel. Because you're, what you're doing is saying, God, your cross isn't enough. And in doing that, you create a separation from who God truly is. You're, you're saying, your grace isn't enough, 
your forgiveness isn't enough. This is one method of working towards earning your favor. And God's saying, that's not my design. So since you have your own way of seeking to provide grace, go ahead and do it your way. But it won't be under my umbrella of grace. What does that look like for us today? Do you realize that God graciously loves you no matter what you have done, that he loves you and desires a true relationship with you, and that if you've ever tried to place a qualifier on yourself because you don't feel like you deserve his love, that he forgives you of that and wants to embrace you, if you feel like, and, and, and this, this, this really, this grace thing puts us all on the same page because it says a person who, who was beaten as a child is still loved by God and viewed in his image. A person who, who, had, who was abused, whether emotionally or physically, God loves you and his grace Love, he loves you. I'm bringing up reasons, I'm bringing up examples like this because out of our past, sometimes we can bring on a qualifier that the God's not placing there. So you were raped. What way do you have, what, what, what do you have to do to get back into good favor with God? Nothing. Nothing. So you've had a good life, a great life, in comparison to many people. And you think that you should be further along in your faith. So what do you do? You try to work hard at it. I'm going to memorize these scriptures. I got this book of note cards, and I'm going to serve every... There's nothing you can do. If, if, If we can get that faith alone, and again, faith, we're going to see... You, you, you can't abuse faith and be lazy and just do nothing. I believe and I'm just chilling, God. You know, like there, there's, there is fruit that comes from faith, which we'll be talking about next week and, and, and how we talk about what love, a loving relationship with God looks like. But, but if we can get that, man, there's freedom in knowing that we don't have to earn the favor of God and that there's nothing we can do to earn that favor. You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. He brings it back to that opening sentence. Hey, I know we've been talking about circumcision. I know we're talking about identity. I know we're talking about, um, you know, justification and salvation. I know we're talking about a lot of stuff, but let's all bring, bring it back to you being free. You were called to be free. But do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. If you bite and devour each other, watch out or you will be destroyed by each other. Freedom is not free range to indulge in our own desires. The, 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 The freedom given by God is not an, an, an open slate for you to now swing the other way from a legalistic 
lifestyle of trying to rigidly please God to say, oh, I'm free now? Well, I can do anything. Let me see how close I can get to sin. You know, am I, am I cool now? Okay, did I, did I, well, I kind of slept with her, but I didn't. And, and you know, I kind of got drunk, but I didn't. And, and I, I, I kind of cussed out my mom, but she know how I can be. And, you know, like, so, so there's, there's, you know, there's all these different ways that we could try to tiptoe around. And the question we have to wrestle with is, was freedom for that purpose? Was the freedom that you were provided so that you could tiptoe along the edges of sin and not be punished by God? Is that really why he set it up? Oh, man, he did a good tie rope that, that week. He walked right on the line. Good, good job, Leon. No. No, it's so that you can reflect God, reflect God that much more. It's so that you can be free from even, so you can deny those sinful indulgences and pursue holiness. That's why freedom was provided to you. And, the, and this concept of love in, within freedom is not new. Like, it's, it's, it's always been the case. We go back to Leviticus, Jesus' word. I, I want to read where even one of the Pharisees comes and he says, one of them, an expert in the law, tested him with a question. And this is, he tested Jesus. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. And the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. It says in new. He's, he's not giving them a, a new concept. Faith. It's not new. It's not a, not a new concept. And, that, and, and that's... that's Almost what Dave's sermon last week was, was fully on. Hey, being rooted in faith is not a new concept. That's what, we've, that's what the Bible has always taught. That's what the scriptures have always taught. So I have a few, a few questions that I want us to ponder over. Have you been free from the burden of rules? Do you experience freedom from trying to work out or earn the favor of God. We're called to work out our salvation. But do you, do, you, do you feel like there's something that you can do to get more favor from God? What is your, where is your identity? What's it found in? Is it found in being beautiful? Is it found in being connected? God bless you. Is it found in being connected to, to social groups and everybody liking you and you being cool? Is it found in, you know, how much you know? How much you have? Is it found in Christ? Can we rejoice when it's, when it's found in Christ? Can we, can we rest in freedom and knowing that that's... that's that's all. <laughs> and that's all we need. I, 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 uh, I don't know what these agitators used to make circumcision so attractive to the Gentiles. I think, it, I think it's healthy for us 
to think through what's attractive to us that could lead us to want to have a, a work-based favor relationship with God? I, I, I just think it's healthy to think through it. What, what, what would tempt you, you know? I know for me, like my, I had a long time of having a, a really bad relationship with my father. And uh, in the last three years, he's come to Christ and he's, I almost would say like, I, I, he's a totally different person. I, uh, I used to want to name my child, if I had a boy, Leon, so that my son, so that the name could be passed on in a healthy manner because my dad was just so, so wild. And now I can say he loves the Lord. But I know before he came to Christ, like the thing that tempted me was to find favor in my dad's eyes. That, that, could, that could lead me to, to saying, well, God, if you would let my father come to Christ, then I'll do these things. And let me work towards it so I can get your favor and you can make that happen. Is it, is it marriage? Is it a kid that's gone astray? What, what might be attractive or what might be your motivation to lead you to add a qualifier to faith? And lastly, how, how do we love? You know, it, it talked about in 15, if you bite and devour each other, watch out or you will be destroyed by each other. See, what's being described there is people who delight in those indulgences, who delight in that sinful nature, who, can, who like to walk on that tightrope of getting as close to sin as they can. But what will happen is we'll, we'll have joy in destroying one another. Joy in feeding our flesh while killing one another. Is, 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 is that the reason why he provided us freedom? Not at all. Not at all. So let us let us be a people who rest in freedom, knowing that it was only faith that has provided this freedom. Let us be a people who are willing to proclaim it when we hear it spoken of in a negative manner. Nope, sorry, she doesn't have to, you know, she doesn't have to change the things that she wears and, you know, get a long skirt and, you know, new glasses in order to be a Christian. Rocking the Tim boots and the hoodie is cool. You know, like, like let, us not, let us not be cool with people adding qualifiers and conversations that we're a part of. Let us be a people who, who operate because of the freedom God has provided us. With that said, my friends, will you pray with me? God, your freedom is, is more than we can comprehend. It's tough for us to realize that you give us everything based on faith alone because we don't experience that in any relationships. <laughs> we don't know what it's like to just to not give anything and receive so much. But let that not hinder us from resting in what you provide. Let the freedom that you provide let, let that be what motivates us daily. Let us, let us see what, what, what's attractive to us 
to add qualifiers to our life and pray against it and trust you for faith that we would not embrace any of those things. Lord, I thank you, and I pray that this word empowers your people to live a life for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So at this time, friends, we're going to have our tithe. The, uh, the worship team will play a little softly while we have our, our, our time of tithe. Um, if you are new to MacAv, uh, we want to invite you, if you are a Christian and you know, um, or if you're a person that recognizes this as a time of worship, uh, we invite you to be, to be a part of it. But if you're checking us out and you kind of don't really know like what tithe is about or who we are, we ask that you feel free to keep your wallets to yourself. Um, but for the, those that are a part of this body and those that are um, seated at the time of worship, please um, feel free to give. Let me pray for, the, for our time. God, please use this offering of your...